You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco from Zentech Consultants. I am Jim, your witty and charming host, and with me, as always, is my partner. It's the more charming one. It's Rocco. Oh, apparently it's the one on drugs this morning, so we'll give him that. I'll let it go with that, but it's not going to save you, Rocco. You still have to suffer through the most important part of the show, which is the bad engineering joke of the week. All right. Oh, no. I thought oh, yeah. spare the guests. No, we have guests, and I'm going to torture them, too. Everybody gets to hear the bad engineering joke of the week. Ready? So here it is. So, so two engineers are having a conversation, Rocco. And an and engineer, the first engineer says, hey, man, I bet you can't name two structures that can hold water. And a second engineer goes, well, damn. Huh? <laughs> that's just an awful joke (laughs) but i love it anyway (laughs) oh goodness all right folks so we have two of our favorite guests back on the podcast today we have tim yaris uh the civil 3d product manager for autodesk and ramesh sridharan uh the product manager for the autodesk infrastructure team um and and we really appreciate both of you guys being back on the show with us thank you so much for being here Great so. to be here as always. <laughs> you just guys, you guys are gluttons for punishment. You keep coming back. Um, but yeah, Tim, Tim and Ramesh are here to help us answer the very important question that we all ask. What's the point of the point cloud? Um, yeah. But before we get into that topic for today, let, let's kind of give our guests here a chance to reintroduce themselves to the audience. So let's start with Tim. Tim, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your background and, and what you really do over there at Autodesk? Thanks, Jim. So um, I don't have any jokes, so I'm just going to kind of just jump right in. <laughs> Apparently, neither do I, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> anyway, so I've been with Autodesk since 2006 in a whole bunch of different roles on the Civil 3D product team. So um, our product management team right now has a whole bunch of different folks on it who are responsible for advocating for the needs of all sorts of different disciplines. So disciplines like roads and highways and rail and recap and so on. And so as the product manager for Civil 3D, the product itself, I work closely with a lot of these folks and more importantly with customers and all these different disciplines to make sure that we have a good balance of making each of those disciplines as happy as we possibly can while we're still trying to keep an eye on where we want our products to go in the future. So so that's a little bit about me. Okay. All right. So Ramesh, then your turn, sir. What, uh, what does your job over at Autodesk entail, and how'd you get there? I joined Autodesk about eight years back or so on the infrastructure team. Um, but like Tim mentioned, the PM role involves a good balance of the different aspects, you know, working with the, exactly what Tim mentioned, but in adding to his words, uh, adding, considering the present and the future defects to fix, the features to fix, we need to just juggling between those things, find a good balance. That's one of the things we do. But we have a very good PM team, um, um, 
in our in our autodesk that helps us to keep that balance and let, let the thing accelerating on our side and in addition to that we have to work at the marketing strategy well legal all those fun stuff too no all the enjoyable things everybody loves working with the lawyers <laughs> so, okay so all right so let's talk about today's topic right so you know point clouds uh reality capture laser scans uh point cloud model recap right reality capture we you know we've all heard the hundred different names for what it is um uh, but it's all essentially the same thing at least i think it is uh you know the problem is 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 not only are most of us confused by the myriad names we're also confused as to the best ways to generate and import and use this type of data in our projects. Um, you know, point clouds are becoming more and more vital, right? Particularly in the infrastructure space, right? Though, though I, I actually see they're really starting to show up everywhere nowadays. All right, so, so why don't we just start off here by defining what exactly it is we're talking about. Um, so, you know, R Ramesh, what is, what is reality capture? And how is it the same or how is it different from all the other titles that I just mentioned? That's a good one, Jim. So technically, reality capture, well, as the name says, anything that captures reality. And it's not, we are, the point clouds are the new and a little bit more sophisticated way of uh, capturing. But this concept has been, has been there for a long time. If you just turn back on the history, let's say 30, 40 years back, even before that, I know there are a lot of surveyors if the story goes, the surveyor actually measured the height of the Mount Everest so precisely, close to accurate. So it's been there for a long time, but it's a lot of work to do. Then once the things evolved, then we have an airborne-based collecting the camera, the imagery, film-based imagery came up. People started using it, printing it, and uh, plotting it and using that. And then the photogrammetry ways of collecting a 3D information off of the imagery came in. And that's the digital image, all those things. They're all kind of a reality capture because they are capturing the reality. But in 2000, just before 2000, 1997, 98, this LIDAR was a fancy one that was always with the military. It became for the public. That's where the airborne LIDAR came in. We basically, airborne LIDAR is a fancy way of saying put the laser equipment, fly, really high, like a 5,000, 10,000 feet or something, and collect the 3D data, and which was great. I can get the surface, maybe a meter, um, not a sub-meter, meter, two meter uh, level um, resolution, but it gets the job done. And now it's a lot of points, I can actually get it done. And then the density and the sophistication of collecting gets better and better. That's where, if you heard someone say a terrestrial LIDAR, which is basically a fancy way of saying, I have a sensor, I put in the middle of Maybe inside that room or inside the building or even the, the intersections on the roads I collect in that area. That's a terrestrial. And then somebody thought, well, if you want to put it, why can't I put it in the back of the truck and drive and collect it? That's a fancy way. And that's a mobile LiDAR. So things kept changing, adding more density, more resolution of the data. And that's where the industry really took off in the last 10, 20 years. And obviously, now everyone's on drone, on drone-based images, and image-based photogrammetry. And now the latest one is backpack LiDAR. You can put in a LiDAR and walk around the um, buildings. And also drone-based LiDARs are popping up. So the fancy way of saying this is reality capture is really anything that captures reality. But the, what LiDAR does that is a little bit better and different than the other means is it gives you the 3D information quickly and gives you ability to capture a lot of data. 
like for example, if I'm a surveyor, I have to really pick one point, one area and shoot it and get that information. Imagine I have just a wing, like a wand or something. I just do this, it collects a stream of data and I get the, the idea of the whole area and I can pick what I want instead of just spending too much time on focusing one area or something. That's the sophistication um, LiDAR gives. Um, it's a great one, to be honest. In the last two decades, how the iPhones uh, era, I call it as an iPhone era, how the technology was in the last 20 years and the technology side on the laser side and the other in this way, LiDAR side, this uh, really brought up a good amount of data set, good amount of way to collect it. And now it's getting much cheaper as well. So it makes it more uh, interesting for the industry. Good answer. Good answer. Okay. So, so Tim, let's, um, so let, let's, let's ask this, right? What, what's the status of, you know, the, this, this cloud data, right? This, this LiDAR collected data in the, the civil 3D updates. Um, and I know you have a new update for civil 3D either just came out or is just coming out. Um, does reality capture figure into that? And, and what other cool tools can we expect from this update? Well, as far as releases go, a couple things got shifted around a little bit as, as things do. Um, we wanted to make sure our development team had enough time to really finish what they needed to do and thoroughly test it out before we shipped it off to customers. So with that said, we have a bunch of things that are newly available and other updates that are coming very soon. So first up is the Civil 3D 2022.2 and 2023.1 updates are available now. And we have a few others that you'll hear about in the very near future. But um, as for point clouds, there's we've got a solid presence for them in Autodesk infrastructure workflows in general. Um, users can bring in large point cloud data using recap, then process it to generate a ter terrain and other features and InfraWorks. And then the resulting features can features and terrain can directly come into Civil 3D for detailed design. And Civil 3D still has the ability, the available, excuse me, the ability to <laughs> import point cloud data and generate surfaces, but the point cloud workflow really focuses more on what Civil 3D does the best, which is design. So the new updates don't really have a ton of new functionality specifically related to recap, but they do have a ton of great performance enhancements, pressure network modeling enhancements, and support for Civil 3D plan production workflows in the ACC environment. So okay. hope that answers the question. It does. It does. That's nice. Hey, look, performance is definitely something you need to have when you're dealing with large point cloud data. Uh, so, you know, Rocco, let's wake you up for a little bit. So in, in, in terms of our clients here at Zentech, right, what, what level of need are you kind of seeing around, you know, the, the LiDAR cloud-based reality capture stuff? Is, is it growing? Is it slowing? Or is it kind of staying steady as it has been over the past few years? Uh, it's, it's kind of slow and steady. I mean, I don't see many people asking about it. Um, it's kind of like that cool thing that you want to kind of keep in, in touch with and see what's going on. Um, but I, I think, I think a lot of the larger firms are, are really looking to, or are utilizing that technology. But from, from what I, my discussions, you know, day in and day out with folks, it's not a big thing. And, and I think, I think part of, um, Part of the, uh, the the issue that's come up a number of times is just the ability to be able to process the the point clouds and 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 to have real a real good systems running. I think that's what a lot of folks have run into in my discussions with folks. And that's fair, right? Like I said, you know, like Tim was saying, you got to have solid processing capabilities and tools built around that. You know, those large data sets, which I think that you know the 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 civil processes at AutoCAD are really working towards that or at Autodesk, excuse me. Um, all right, so you know, reality capture processes 
and concepts have been around for quite a while now, like Ramesh was saying, right? And and while they're really remarkable in their capacity, right, there, there has been a lot of reluctance to delve too deeply into it by a lot of firms. And, and we're going to talk about that, right? Uh, but, you know, the thing that interests me most, though, is that over the last year or two, there has been, from what I've seen, a real surge in the amount of mainstream integration and documentation and adoption of these LiDAR and reality capture tools, right? For years, it was, oh, it's the coming trend. Like Rex said, oh, that's, we, want to, we want to keep on top of it. Someday that'll be great. But now it seems to me on my side that, that a lot of that trend is now starting to become default operations in, in, in the larger infrastructure firms. Um, so R- Ramesh, what, what's changed recently, right? Why are we hearing and seeing so much more about these reality capture tools now? Sure. M- multiple things change, Jim. The one is definitely the, the reality capture point cloud data itself. Um, I, I really remember this is even 15 years back when it was for the airborne, actually even the mobile LiDAR. So we had the mobile LiDAR collected on the road, nice, nice resolution data. We're talking in terms of centimeter, sub-centimeter level, and uh, we can create a surface and create a contour, and the contour was bumpy because the road is bumpy. Yes, we don't see that when we drive it, but the road is bumpy. And uh, someone was saying, how, how good the contour we can create? Well, I can create a feet or half a feet. I mean, we are talking 30 meters. So when you create low, low not the low resolution, high resolution contours, and it's bumpy, and people are not used to see that. You know, that's a, that's a term called cartographic level contours, right? It's a nice mode which we see in the posters and stuff. When you see it's bumpy, we automatically think it's a noise, but it's not a noise. But even though it is not a noise, people understand that. But that contour is not serving their current workflow purposes because we we need a real nice cartographic contours. So we end up creating a grid of five feet or something and then create the contours, everyone was happy. Imagine collecting a centimeter level data and create a five meter grid, it's completely different. But I see their point because this is the new stuff that comes up and uh, the workflows are established already. It takes time to change. You know, I know iPhone. I keep calling us iPhone stuff, but it's not, it did happen overnight. But not that everybody bought the iPhone the same day. A lot of people actually over time they got it and get get into the technology. Right. The same concept here. At the same time, on the lidar side, when you, when you first collect the data, when somebody says here instead of one point, I can give it thousand points. I can give it ten thousand points. Then the question comes, how accurate it is? All those things come into picture. Yes, initially the LiDAR was not that accurate. So that kind of little bit bear people down a little bit. You know, why should I use that much data when it is not accurate, when I already have established workflow? Those kind of little bit of, uh, um, um, you know, the hesitations were in the beginning. But lately, like I said, the technology was booming. Now the accuracy of the data and the resolution of the data, all those things are getting much, much better. It is really good quality LiDARs uh, the folks can create, like a, um, a Regals or the Leicas or the Faros. A lot of sensors nowadays collecting data and very cheap uh, sensors also. I can get one for, I guess, like less than 5K or something like that. And I can get uh, even drone. Now the drone-based collection, you can get information, you can collect it. So the ability to collect and ease of collecting and ease of creating the point cloud data, those are the things that changed quite a bit. And also the usage of it. I think you guys heard Autodesk has a recap software. A lot of other companies also have the softwares, but the recap was one of the pioneer software in the reality capture visualization. Even today, especially today, 
many companies use it for visualization because it's large point clouds i can see it better but uh, that's where the whole thing comes into picture more usage and ease of collecting get my hands on to that is uh, is what the latest year happening that gave a big push uh, in this industry in my opinion and and it's a fair statement right the more more commonly it's used the more people are exposed to it the more likely they are to adapt it and keep using it makes perfect yeah. sense yeah okay so so tim so right whenever you're on the show um, you always point out, right, your, your Autodesk civil roadmap for our, our listeners. Um, can you explain that quickly again for anybody who maybe doesn't know what it is and tell us about how, you know, the, this concept of reality capture development, how is that laid out on your roadmap? You bet. Love talking about the roadmap. Um, so if you Google Autodesk civil infrastructure product roadmap, you'll find our public facing roadmap for our, our full civil infrastructure product line. Um, the roadmap's broken down into common industry themes like roads and highways, land dev, utility design, and recap. So there are cards for each item on that roadmap that are, each of these items are under consideration. So you can click on those cards to get more information about each item, including whether they came directly from the Autodesk Ideas forums. We look up there all the time for um, hot items that customers are asking for. So, and it, also with a public roadmap, if you sign up for a free Trello account, you can vote for the items that you think we should focus on first. And we, again, we do look at that roadmap and the votes that are up there very frequently as we're trying to sort out what it is that we're working on next. Um, there's actually a reality capture industry theme on the roadmap. There's a whole column for them, but it's a little bit different than the other themes. We initially thought that we would roll the recap ideas into the other industries like roads and highways, but then we quickly realized that the recap workflows, they span more than just one industry, and sometimes they span all the industries, really. Yeah. yeah. So, so almost all the items in the recap column on the roadmap, you can see that you can see that they could be used in different aspects and different workflows throughout the whole industry, really. So it's a separate category so that you can make it easy for customers to see what's under consideration in a more of a general sense for recap. Um, Ramesh, does that sound about right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Cool. There you have it. There you have it. So there you go, folks. You know, the roadmap is always great. You know, the idea that you get a direct input and you can vote on the things that are important to you, that's something that every Autodesk user should be getting involved with. Um, so, you know, I think when you get into the actual process of working with point clouds and reality crap capture tools, um, <clears throat> you immediately begin to see the massive benefit that they, they can have on every single one of your jobs. Um, you know, reality capture provides a level of, you know, detailed real world information in a very easy to visualize manner that we've just, we've never really had that before, right? Um, and it seems like it should be a no brainer to adopt it, right, for every design and build firm out there. But like we were saying, that really hasn't been the case, right? Um, there's still some hesitation out there. So, you know, R Ramesh, if, if reality captures is great, as we're all saying on the show today, uh, why do you think it hasn't seen a much wider adoption across the industry? I know, I know, it bugs me too. Uh, so actually, you know, compared to last Five years, I would say. Now that adoption has increased, uh, if you, especially when you, when Tim and I talk to customers day in and day out, every single project has reality capture one form or the other, one way or the other. Um, and it's not just the private firms, even the Department of Transportations. And uh, you take any public firms also who are 
a little bit hesitant on using LIDAR or the reality capture before. Now they're actually using on many projects. There are, there are, there are DOTs use drones to collect the, um, the assets on the intersections. Or even before starting the work, they actually do that. So there is much more adoption nowadays compared to before, but it's still not as much as you want. Especially when you think about it, the, the smartphones and IoT is when people talk about artificial intelligence and the electric cars and all those things. If you still have to push on the point cloud data, it's a it it, it needs a little bit more um, uh, adoption range going. But there's a reason to it. Uh, the, every time I talk to this, maybe I said this on different podcasts before. Uh, this, this always reminds me of one of the examples my professor used to give. In 3,000, 4,000 years back, when a when an astronomer looks through a telescope around sky, finding the stars. And he always say, you know, I wish if I had a more powerful telescope to see that star clearly. Well, when you get it, you see that star clearly, but you see like thousands of other smaller stars now. And same thing, like now the James Webb, you can see all those things, but now you see more. So now you more vague stars are available. So now you end up with lots and lots of data. You don't know how to deal with that. You know, you, it's like a you think before what you wish for, right? That kind of a thing. So now the point cloud gets you more data, large data. When they say large data, I'm sure you guys heard, everybody in this, listening to podcasts I have one very other experience. Is gigabytes is old news nowadays. People talk about terabytes of data. Yeah. Um, beyond, you know what I'm saying? So I've seen people actually, one of the customers made made joke saying that I don't even need a chair. I can just sit on the hard drives. I store my data. <laughs> it keeps you warm so, too. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that the the thing right now is, I mean, there there, are, there could be different reasons, but one of the core reasons, in my opinion, is the large data uh, speed of the data transfer, the data management related stuff, and how I can use it on my design software. I know today we're talking infrastructure, so we're talking civil 3D and InfraWorks things like that. The same applicable Revit, same on the manufacturing. You know, like Tim mentioned, the recap can respond multiple in almost all the industry to be honest even the movies uh, you know the funny part every time i see a movie what is that movie that tom cruise every movie you actually see um there's the la- laser if actually i was watching italian job the last <laughs> week and they actually the guy talks about that that, that napster talks about la- laser on the italian job movie so it's in everywhere um so but the thing is that having that large data handling capability and use it on their day-to-day workflow. You should not make that change their workflow. It should help them. That is where the small gap in the industry today. If I have to attribute the the your question on why it is seen you know, much wider adoption, I would say that as a key one. Uh, once, we are, but industry is going towards that. Even Autodesk has a lot of tools we are working on going towards that. Once you patch it up, once you make it more available then it will be a really, really great tool for every single project people can use it. It's like saying, I'm sure like I used to use the James Webb telescope. Once you have that image, somebody already sifted through and will give you, so publish those images. You can post in Facebook and you can use it and you can brag about it, but you you don't know how much work went on collecting that data and convert into the image you can see, right? right? That part should be simplified and that's where the catch is right now. But we are making a lot of progress. There you go, and I think that's absolutely perfect, right? That you know, once once it it becomes simple enough for people to just hit the big red easy button inside of uh, their Autodesk product and say process it for me, then you'll see the adoption everywhere, right? People don't want to learn all that. How, how to do it themselves; they want it automated. So, all right, good, excellent points. All right, so let's take a break here to uh, listen to today's sponsor. 
Uh, and when we get back, I want to talk with Tim and Ramesh about Autodesk's future plans for kind of leading the charge in this reality capture world. All right, so stand by, folks. We'll be back in just a minute with more of the Cattle Call Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Jim and Rocco with Zentech Consultants. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit today about the training options that we have available here for you guys at Zentech Consultants. We offer public training classes as well as private custom courses for all of your software and design needs. So, Rocco, why don't you tell the folks what kind of uh, training we offer and how do they reach out to us to get it going for them? Yeah, Jim, we cover everything from uh, from Bluebeam to Autodesk to Microsoft to BricsCAD uh, to civil site design training and beginner through to advanced level topics. Uh, like you said, both public and uh, and private courses. Um, if you've got if you got a group and want to run a class specifically for your team, we can help you. So just uh, feel free to hit our website. We're at zentechconsultants.net. That's Z-E-N-T-E-K, or you can give us a ring, 866-824-4459, or even drop us an email, sales at zentechconsultants.net. There you go, Zentech Consultants, for all of your technology training needs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cattle Call Podcast, where we're talking with Tim Yaris and Ramesh Ridran of Autodesk, uh, both product managers on the infrastructure side of the house. Uh, we're talking about the growth of LiDAR and reality capture. Um, you know, in, in this half of the show, I want to talk about Autodesk's long-term planning and development goals for this por- portion excuse me, of our industry. Um, you know, Autodesk was really the, you know, the first company kind of out of the gate in a big way when this tech first broke. Uh, but their development of it seemed to slow down for a while. Um, you know, it, it seemed like they were paying a lot more attention to it recently and really starting to develop some real great features around it over the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, so, so Ramesh, right? Reality Capture, it all kind of falls under your purview for Autodesk infrastructure. Um, how is your group developing these reality capture tools for the future? Absolutely. So, yeah, the, we Autodesk is one of the companies started the reality capture kind of like a um, um, adoption thing in the software industry, uh, especially on the, the design side, right? And we started with the Reality Capture Visualization, which is a recap software. Then we actually add a lot of capability. Now, I mean, not now, five, at least eight or nine years back, you can actually bring in the point cloud data in Civil 3D and create surface. And then when I joined uh, Autodesk about eight years back, then we added some capabilities in InfraWorks to do the same thing in a slightly better way on creating surface as well on the workflow. Um, and we added a lot of workflows on that aspect as well. And of course, reality capture, like we discussed in the first half, uh, spawns more than the infrastructure. So recap team was working on the indoors, the buildings, like a um, static collection, um, um, like a BLK, like a, they work with the Leica sensors. So we've been making progress throughout, uh, um, um, throughout the time on a different aspect, since we need to prioritize on different things. Now we are kind of kind of back on the infrastructure side. That's the key here. Um, so we have the workflows. Now we got the point cloud data and get the point cloud stuff. But when we talk to the customers, the one thing, like exactly we discussed last time, yeah, we, we see it. It's a lot of point cloud. I'm sitting on, on my hard drive. I need to pull one out and connect it. But, <laughs> but can you make it better? And that's where it comes from now. So we are adding some of the feature extractions and better 
um, on terrain generation capability in the recap itself. Um, so some of those things that can go into Civil 3D and other products, obviously. And we are also focusing more on the streaming capability, point cloud streaming. Uh, earlier this year, the recap actually released where you can publish enormous amount of point cloud data. The last thing I checked was about close to 300 GB on my testing, um, published into BIM 360 or ACC, and I can actually view it through my browser. It is funny, uh, a couple of months back, I was in a customer uh, meeting, I couldn't connect my laptop. So I pulled my iPad, I was de demonstrating, connected to Zoom meeting, I actually showed the whole point cloud visualization, the browser on my iPad, and they were like surprised. And it's like, like this is the same data, 300 GB data. So having this capability, literally in this case, on your fingertips and visualize, uh, annotate it, add notes on, and anything you do, uh, the, the person or the folks in, uh, in the office can actually see those changes and updates. That's the direction um, we have started going. We already added the capability and more is in the mill. There you go. Yeah, the streaming is going to be huge. That's, that's, that's definitely, to my mind, the next big thing. Uh, you say same thing. Yeah, I used to work, you know, do a lot of work for, for you know, surveying, and we were doing a lot of, you know, rail yards and, and LIDAR scanning of it. And the biggest difficulty that we faced was getting the data from the field back to the office for processing. We'd literally have guys running every night. You know, we, we had couriers who would just run the, the data back and forth from the field to the office every day. So streaming is going to be huge. That's a, that's a great yeah. call. So, okay. So, um, Tim, all right. So, you know, in general, all right. So, you know, like so Ramesh is talking about, you know, the civil infrastructure side. And I know that's your kind of purview as well. But, you know, in general, is, is Autodesk working to develop, uh, you know, these reality capture tools and softwares for, other industries like, you know, architecture and, and construction, the way that, that Ramesh's team is doing for the infrastructure side? Oh, you bet. We're definitely doing that. So we've talked about um, a couple times, I think, over this conversation about how, I mean, a lot of these recap workflows kind of span span different workflows across uh, the civil infrastructure industry itself. So, I mean, you could use them in roads and highways and land dev, all that kind of good stuff. But then, I mean, it also can be used, I mean, across just industries. I mean, like architecture, construction, all that kind of good stuff. So it's like point clouds and the meshes that you're generated from the, the data can all go into products like Civil 3D and InfoWorks, of course, but I mean, they can still work in Revit, Navis, Maya, 3DX Max, Plant, you name it. So, I mean, the majority of what we're working on as far as like any kind of reality capture related tools that we have under development and then also all the stuff that's on the roadmap for consideration for the future. We've we've all got all of them have our eye on the those use cases that are cross industry. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I see it as a real important, you know, growth growth venture as well. Uh, so you Rocco, along those lines, right? What are the industries, you know, obviously other other than infrastructure, um, where you're seeing the most interest around reality capture with our clients? Uh, I think it's it's within architecture, yeah, and it's it's that's probably the area. Not not a ton in construction, but mostly within within architecture, and some with some very very small firms, and then some of the the, the larger firms. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen that as well on my end. You get a lot of the architectural firms, particularly ones who are doing you know retrofit and renovation, to be able to go into an existing space and come out. With you know the you know like like Ramesh was saying to you know a sub centimeter scan that shows you literally everything that's you know in the plan and behind the walls that kind of stuff is is crazy um, with what the potential is there. 
So yeah, I think it's big in architecture as well. So I, you know, I think an, an important part of adapting or adopting to new processes and technologies is always training, right? It's, it, it's great to hear us all discuss these features here on the podcast, but at the end of the day, you need to know how to actually use them in your business, right? And there's always the option of going to a quality trainer like, <clears throat> you know, like Zentech, um, you know, who can help you out. Uh, but Autodesk always has its own learning paths available for all of their tools, which can be really helpful to get you started and help with, you know, specific packages and processes along the way. Uh, so, you know, Ramesh, what do you think is the best way for listeners to kind of get started and really begin that that understanding of Autodesk's, you know, reality capture tools? Absolutely. Of course, the, the best way is with the Zentech, right? And the second best is... <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and there, we have a lot of avenues also. Um, 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 like, for example, the, there's learning.autodesk.com. You can actually, there are a lot of uh, materials available on all the products, especially on the reality capture and uh, recap product and how to use it as well. Uh, we have separate YouTube channels for the recap as well as Autodesk infrastructure. So how you can use the recap data into multiple products as well. And just in case if the audience doesn't know, though, I know I use the word recap a lot. We use the word reality capture a lot just to make sure we they understand Recap is the product name. So Autodesk has a product called Recap Pro, which is where you bring in pretty much any point cloud data. How about we support like tons of formats, so the odds of not supporting yours is very minimum. Uh, you can bring in, register them, prep them, clean them. Uh, in a uh, in a in a in a in near future, you can even um, um, remove the noises automatically and flag them and prep it for your whatever work. Like Tim mentioned, architecture or the construction or the infrastructure, any work. Uh, and we also have a recap photo, which is part of the recap pro. That's exactly where you can upload your drone images or even an iPhone image. I've seen people do that too. And you can set up your control points and click a button. It actually creates the point of data uh, and the mesh and everything um, at the other end. So those are two main products. Once you have it, where you use it, completely depending on your workflow. Uh, it could be architecture, like I said. And the one I mentioned previously, you can even publish into BIM 316 ACC for the cloud visualization, sharing, and all those stuff you can do it. So that's where we are going. So good place to head. Okay. Um, so, so Tim, <laughs> uh, I got my email invitation to uh, Autodesk University not long ago, um, and I am sure that there are reality capture tracks available there. Um, are there any specific ones that you suggest? And, and while we're on the topic of AU, right, what, what other really cool things do you see going on there this year? Good question. Yeah, so AU, uh, late September this year, a little different. Um, so as far as different is concerned, I mean, again, the, the theme of different with AU, I mean, since I've been in the product manager role, I mean, the, the AU experience is different than it used to be. It used to be going to classes and that sort of thing. But I mean, this role, I mean, it's it's less about going to classes for me, and it's more about kind of spending the day meeting with customers. I mean, it's a, such a great opportunity to really just kind of like connect with people. I mean, just always conversations, putting faces to names of people that I talk to every day, um, product briefings with key customers and that sort of thing. And so it's it's just a great opportunity to just really just just connect with people. So, I mean, if you, if, I, if you see me there, look at my name tag and please say hello. Love talking to people. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but as far as like organized events go, I mean, 
Probably my favorite event that we do at AU is the Civil Infrastructure Technology Preview. Um, we usually do that on Tuesday evening, and it's kind of a invitation-only, kind of semi-secret, but not a really greatly kept secret event where... <laughs> it I can't mean, be a really good secret if you're talking about it on my podcast. <laughs> well, it's less of a secret now, even, because, I mean, again, it's the... Things are a little different this year, so I'm, it's this is this is me kind of breaking the secret and everything. But like, it used to be like an invitation-only event that would kind of was kind of loose as far as the invitations were concerned. We'd pick people up over the course of the week, and it was like, hey, yeah, you should come join us tonight. And it was kind of a cool event because it was like, it was really like a beta launch and more of like a like, hey, here's kind of the future of stuff that we're working on, and kind of a sneak preview of stuff that's coming soon. Um, it was kind of a cool thing because it was like the first like maybe 30 minutes of it were just us just kind of hanging out with customers, just mingling with a couple hundred people that were there, having a couple drinks and just kind of chatting and making new friends and stuff. Um, the next 60 minutes it was generally all about and it's this is still going to be the case where it's just walking a couple hundred people in the room over kind of what's coming with the civil infrastructure products. It's it's not like a just death by PowerPoint just like us reading from slides it's kind of event it's it's a really loose fun event that we usually get a lot of really good feedback from our customers about it it's a it's a it's a fun event i mean it's the whole product team and the product leadership team at autodesk is is all kind of up there on stage and kind of just showing off what we're doing and kind of giving some hints as far as what's coming in the near future um it's it's cool. I mean, the event's going to be a little bit different this year, and it's on Thursday, which is kind of weird. Um, but we're still going to be doing our best to keep the spirit of the traditional events. So um, one of the things that, again, it's not invitation only. It's it's actually going to be open for registration in the general course catalog. So, I mean, with that, I think the registration for it opens up at the end of August, I believe. So, I mean, watch for details coming from AU in your inbox as far as that's concerned. And when you get that link, register because we want to see more people there. Um, other sessions that I really like, it's, aside from that, are, I mean, we do a whole bunch of different meetups that usually kind of traditionally take place in the expo hall. Uh, the civil session this year is called Meet the Experts on Civil 3D, Space Maker, and More. Um, I think that one's on Wednesday at, I think, 9.30 in the morning. And Ramesh and I and a whole bunch of people from our product team, we're all going to be available to talk about really whatever you want. So, I mean, just we'll be there. Just kind of hit us up and just bend our ear. We're going to talk about sports or you want to talk about civil 3d or <laughs> recap that's awesome we'll talk about anything so nice look us up hey go hunt hunt these guys down folks they right need on. somebody to talk to they'll be bored out there otherwise nice uh all right so i guess you know as, as always whenever we have guests on um i i like to give them the chance to drop some knowledge on me uh w w without guiding the conversation so i'm going to ask you both to give us your best understanding right from the experts perspective of of where where do you see reality capture moving in, in say, the next decade? Um, so, so Ramesh, let's start with you, right? What, what should listeners expect in the future of, of reality capture? Sure. So it, I think we talked about a lot of 
lot of words reality categories and the, the the challenges and everything right but like with any technology the technology can be really successful when when user doesn't even realize they're actually using it it just gels with it helps them finish their job without going through extra out of the way to do it and that's where reality capture will and should go in the industry and it, it does it it doesn't matter if it's a civil engineer or the um, um, construction engineer or even the construction process or, or the manufacturing they should be able to use the reality capture data as a part of the stuff without carrying the baggage on you know a lot of points is it accurate those kind of questions should be resolved in the beginning itself and they can use it like a mesh um, uh, tim mentioned that in the in the in this answer on the how mesh can bring in into the 3d studio max navis all those workflow um, that's something we added recently by the way so those are the things is where we are heading uh, we should be heading the, in, as an industry and autodesk is definitely having that as a part in our roadmap and so you you already saw the twinkle or the, what's the right way there uh, breadcrumbs is the right way you already see that there in the global launch we have the cloud viewer and uh, we have our next release of the reality capture coming up um, just before um, EAU have some great features and that's the direction we are moving how to make this instantaneously useful for the customer so that they can continue what they are doing and without worrying about it in, if, if I were to answer that in a slightly different way we should not expect user to become a reality capture experts users are experts in their field reality capture should help them if, if, if Apple comes and says the iPhone, you know, you, you have to spend like a couple of months to understand how the iPhone works and then use it, nobody would have used it. So we do what we do and iPhone helps us to do or any smartphone for that matter. But you see where I'm going with that. So that we should, this should help them to do what they want to do, not expect them to be expert and handle. That should be, that should be handled behind the screen. That's exactly where Autodesk is aiming towards. Yeah, I think that's the right answer. Okay, so Tim, then same same question for you, sir. What where do you see the industry going? So the the overall goal, I mean, in civil infrastructure design, and especially with our products, is all about accurate and flexible design, right? Um, I mean, but you think about it. I mean, it's the old phrase of garbage in, garbage out. So that's where reality capture data really comes into the picture. I mean, it feeds the necessary details without the fluff that really lets designers get their get the best results possible. So, I mean, everyone in the industry should really become familiar with recap workflow so they can use it to its most, its best ability in their work on in the civil infrastructure industry or really any other field for that matter. Uh, workflows are evolving as Ramesh mentioned. I mean, but designers can focus on what they're best at and it, the product just helps them get things done more efficiently. So it's just good stuff. There you go. Perfect answers. All right. So I think we can wrap it up there. Um, as always, I really want to say thank you to Tim and Ramesh. I really appreciate you guys being here. You're outstanding guests and, and great friends of the show. And we always appreciate that you guys are willing to take the time to talk with two bold, silly podcasters. So thank you again, guys, for being here. Much thank appreciate. you, guys. Absolutely. Love being here. All yeah, right. Thanks. Excellent, folks. All right. So we will get out of here and we will catch you all next time on the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody. Today's Cattle Call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software 
that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net, or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.